And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called The Christian Journey. First, praise the Lord. We have arrived at Easter 2023, only a couple of days away. And as I have said in the past, and I will say this in the future, if you have heard, you probably have heard much of this material before, I should say that. And in fact, uh, we've heard probably a hundred or more sermons on Easter in some capacity all the way around. If we have, listen to this statement. You are all the more blessed because you have. Did you hear what I said? If you've heard a hundred sermons on Easter, like, oh, it's the same old Easter sermon, ha <laughs> ha, you are blessed beyond belief that you've got a chance to hear any of it or understand any of it whatsoever. Let's understand this. We have to start with the most important elements of our faith, the basic understanding of the good news. The good news saves us. And the good news keeps us. And the good news will be with us for all eternity. You want a real big understanding? Evangelists didn't do back then what they do now. They went into the churches and preached the gospel to the faithful. And people were brought to Christ who came along with. That's how it used to go. Next, my favorite understanding of Easter for every Christian is uh, next up. It's my specifically my favorite part. So I'm just letting, and I'll let you know, D. Don't worry. <laughs> this is a long intro. When Mary encountered Jesus in the garden, she didn't exactly know who he was. Nope, initially, anyway. When Jesus speaks to her, Mary hears the Lord. Then this is the core of our faith. Jesus, who is supposed to be dead, has been resurrected, never to die again. And his resurrected voice speaks to us. Have you heard the Lord call your name? Have you heard the voice of the resurrected Jesus, the Messiah, call you? And finally, a few Christians like to argue about eternal security. Cool. At least they're not arguing about which football team is better, the Dallas Cowboys or the Lions. That's not really a question. It ain't the lions. But the reality is that God is not into insecurity. To be insecure is to not be safe, in which that means that's bad. So it's no security. And security, meaning safe, you have to understand that the Lord is our safety. In Proverbs 21, 31, it says, in the Lord we are safe. So in that sense, as believers, we are eternally secure. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. What? 
Death Lessons for Surviving, Living, and Prevailing, Politics, Entertainment, and Current Events, Personal Revelations, Spiritual Observations, My Life's Insanities, and Oy Vey. Oy Vey. Wait, wait, let me give you a good one. Oy Vey. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can reach out to us quite simply by emailing us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. It, uh, it's easy to do. It won't hurt you. It won't hurt your computer. Nothing bad will happen. You can also text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Additionally, you can call us. Isn't that cool? You can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you make that call, you'll end up talking to... Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. Dynamite. Talking to Dynamite D is like feeling excited about going on a trip. Now, I didn't say mm. that for me next week. I'm just saying for somebody <laughs> going on a trip. Pretty funny. Right. Dude. If you're going to like Spain or something, I guess that could be exciting. Okay. I wasn't talking about me. I was just giving you a general. That's so funny. <laughs> Because I know what you mean. That's why it's funny. <laughs> I know. People are like, oh, that's because you're going next week. It's like, eh, no. <laughs> Let me help you out. No. Okay. Uh, here you go. All right. So uh, we want you to be able, if you've got a praise report, a prayer request, if you've got something going on, a question, a comment, a thought, anything going on, hey, reach out. You know, I'm going to preach it away. You might as well, if you want to get involved, don't hesitate. Don't sit, don't sit back. I'll be glad to make room. Because most of this is just me going blah, 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 blah. The best part about it is us loving one another. Okay? So just make sure you understand that. I enjoy this, but I enjoy you guys more. I enjoy the format that we have, that you can engage with me and I can engage with you. Additionally, I'm going to do an Easter thing. So an Easter thing. An Easter message. It's an Easter thing. Uh, I don't know what they would really call that, and uh, I hope it's a blessing for you. And uh, you will probably hear some of this on Sunday, and you will probably hear some of this a year from Sunday, and some of this a year from year from year from Sunday. And praise God Almighty that you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the meantime, we do have another trivia question, all centered in the book of Revelation. All right. How many chapters do the letters to the churches take up in the book of Revelation? How many? How many? How many chapters do the letters use in the book of Revelation? How many do they take up? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email David at he must increase.org. How many chapters do the specific letters? Remember, there's seven letters, seven letters. How many chapters do they take up? How many letters? I mean, how many how many chapters do the letters take up? I'm doing fine. I just gotta give a shout out to Eric. I thought that uh, he was saying that my intro was a fill and he was saying something else. Sorry about that, Eric. <laughs> It just shows I got so much going on. I just can't even contain it. All right, let's try it again because nobody's got it, okay? How many total chapters are specifically directed 
at the seven churches. Is that, is that a good way to say it? That, that's a good way to say it. How many specific chapters are specifically directed to the churches? Okay, so that's my fault. I asked it poorly. Yeah, you got to forgive me anyway. There you go. All right. Uh, in the meantime, please do not forget, be praying for the audience, like I said, plus the ministry needs wisdom. If you haven't figured that out, you should just listen to me for about 15 minutes. Then you'll know why the ministry needs wisdom. It's not that complex. Uh, so uh, definitely doing that. And when you're praying, by the way, for the audience, remember this. There's a lot of fear floating around. So maybe praying that people would fear not. Now, I will tell you there are not 365 fear nots, one for every day in the Bible, because that's absurd. That's not exactly accurate at all. It's like 160. But the bottom line is we should not be afraid. So don't be afraid, whatever you're going through, fear not. Okay, how many specific chapters to the seven churches are used in the book of Revelation? There you go. All right. How do we do? Boy, that was a tough intro. <laughs> it's okay. We're good. We got through it. All right. Be praying for Noel and for uh, me as uh, we are probably going to have to put Levi down on Friday. If that happens, I probably won't be here. That could be very tough. Yeah, so I'm just telling you ahead of time. So that is kind of what's going on right now. Uh, we're going to have that discussion tonight. So be in prayer for us. Yeah, it's sad. He's been around for 12-plus years. We have photos of him everywhere. So, you know, a little sad. But you know what? I also believe that the Lord knows what the things are that we need in our confidence and uh, we just need your prayers, right? Sometimes you just listen and pray, right? There you go. All right, let me get into this in 1 Corinthians 15. We'll go probably about three minutes longer than norm. Is that okay? We do have our trivia question. You have to be aware of that trivia question. You have to be able to answer it. How many total chapters are being used when there's specific letters that have been written, the seven churches? How many chapters are being used in Revelation for that? There's your trivia question. If you know, by the way, uh, 972-445-0770 plus... 214-210-8483 is the text, and then david at he must increase org. Listen to this. I love the gospel, okay? Listen to this. Now, this is 1 Corinthians 15.1. Now, brothers and sisters, I just love how he starts it. Brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. Not only is the gospel something that you initialize with, the gospel is something that continually maintains you and enables you to take the stand in the gospel. And Paul's like, I need to remind you of the gospel. Oh, no, I fully understand the gospel. That may be the case, but we need to be concentrated in the gospel. Now watch this. By this gospel, verse 2, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you had have believed, past tense, in vain. In other words, the believing part all has to do with the continual believing. It's not a one-time belief, and then you never address it again. It's a life of that same belief. Okay? It doesn't take anything other than it has to be real. If it's not real, it doesn't keep going. It just is there for a moment. 
chapter, verse uh, 3. For what I've received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Oh, this is the big important stuff. What is that? That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's one. That he was buried. That's two. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's three. And then a fourth one really is that he showed himself to many witnesses thereafter. So I just want you to catch the basics of the gospel as laid out in 1 Corinthians 15. Ready? Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So what you have the authority there is you have the authority that it's based in the scriptures and you have the authority that it is Jesus Christ, who took our sins, died, and then rose from the dead. That is, in, in, in every way, the gospel. Jesus took our place. It's good news. We need to remember the good news. We need to hold it firmly. We need to hold on to that. John 3.16 says, God so, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes, every version in the Bible ever printed ever has the perfect present tense on the word believe. Everyone. It means the continual action of believing. King James says, believeth. It's always continually believing the truth of the gospel. And then you understand what salvation is. See? It's like, well, okay, there you go. Not, oh, I believe that. And I also believe in, you know, the fairy, the tooth fairy, and I believe in snowman, and I believe. No. Nah. It has to be a sincere, genuine, real belief that never departs. Get it? Okay. If you hold firmly the word I preach to you. Okay? All right. The trivia question, which did cause quite a bit of trouble for some people. I'm sorry. I must have asked it poorly. But how many chapters do the specific seven churches actually receive in the book of Revelation? The answer to that question is two chapters. It's chapter two and chapter three in which the seven churches are addressed in the book of Revelation. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? She thought he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. Now you think three words. Come on, Dave. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Or it doesn't matter if your translation says master, rabbi. It doesn't matter. She said, Mary. She, she responded, master, Lord. You see, the resurrected Jesus Christ speaks the name of his sheep. And Jesus knows your name. My sheep, Jesus said, know my voice. 
and they hear me. And you were going along in your journey. Maybe you were young and you were in church. Maybe you were young and somebody brought it to you. Maybe you were in middle, the middle part of your life. Maybe in the later part of your life. But at some point, Jesus said your name. He said, David, Tierra, Tiffany, Noel, Joshua, Ashley. At some point, he called your name. The risen Messiah spoke your name to you. You know what? That's when you said, yes, Lord. Yes, Master. Yes, Rabboni. It's the most powerful moment because it's the moment that the divine Messiah speaks to you and pulls you from one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, into another kingdom, the kingdom of light. It is the moment that changed everything. And uh, Billy Graham had a really good piece on it. said some people can really define that moment. Some people can't. Doesn't matter. It happened for those that, well, it was kind of like a metamorphosis, but it happened. And in the economy of God, it happens more specifically. And maybe the person doesn't know the date. I know my date, but maybe the person doesn't know the date that he said yes to Jesus. But there was a moment where Jesus called your name and you said yes. And that was the beginning of your understanding of his depth of love. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Well, we're still, we're flying by. I don't still, I don't know how that happens. The fast pace. Fast, fast pace. And I will tell you, of all the things that I've told you, the fill. Listen to this. Listen, listen to this. The fill that Jennifer put in, that last fill you just heard, is exactly the text that I am going to teach. Not by coincidence. I mean, Jennifer, she put that in there. There is no way I am telling you. I mean, there's hundreds of fills. There is no way. It's just like, yeah. That's right. Well, it, good, bad, or indifferent, we be on the right track. <laughs> Let's just say that. All right. In the meantime, we can still do our trivia question. I mean, we got a lot to do, so we're going to do it. But it's amazing, 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 amazing. Just exactly, like, t- specifically, this is the text I'm going to teach. Before we get there, let's do our trivia question, which I, I apologize that the last one wasn't uh, stated better. I could do uh, this one you better be able to get. Which church received the first letter of the seven churches? Which church received the first letter of the seven churches in the book of Revelation? Which church? Okay. You are... On your own. <laughs> so not, I'm not doing anything else. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Additionally, you can 
send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Okay? All right. I just want to say everybody's doing a lot better in this one than the one before. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, which church received the first letter? Don't answer anything else. Just that question. That's all we need you to do. All right. And in the meantime, I'm getting ready to teach on that uh, portion that you just heard. Uh, do you want to? Well, let's wait on the jokes for an extra segment or so. Okay? Great. Here we go. I, I just This is my personal favorite thing in the framework of Scripture. Just my personal. It's not the everybody's, just mine. John chapter 20, verse 11 through 16. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb. And she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. This is John 20, verse 11, 12, and 13. He, they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, I have carried him. If you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I'll go get him. Verse 16 Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. It's just my fave, 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 fave. Let's just go over it because it's just so, so good. So Mary's standing outside the tomb crying, okay? There's nobody in the tomb, right? The tomb is what? Empty. Why? Because Jesus ain't there. Well, there, oh, that's good. There's angels, right? One standing where Jesus' head was, one standing where his foot was, right? What do they ask her? Why are you crying? Now, I want you to see this because that's the exact same Greek, every nuance that Jesus asked her. Why are you crying? You see, what happens is we, we live in that moment. We live in that crying moment. And God's like, why are you crying? You got some good news coming. Calm down. Here comes the good news. When she saw Jesus initially, guess what? She didn't even recognize it was Jesus. Hey, I got a message for you. The Lord's knocked on your door and on my door a few times before we get it. My door was knocked on. Let's see, Billy called me every day for a week. So I would say I'd had seven days of knocking. I don't know if there's a Christmas song there, but that's not the point. The point is this. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? So now Mary is thinking, uh, this is the gardener. It's got to be the guy that takes care of the tombs, takes care of all of the, the, the cemetery caretaker. And she's like, well, if you, if you took him somewhere, tell me where you took him. I'll go get him. I'll go. I'm, I'm willing to go out there. Then Jesus says to her, Mary. It is at this moment that the dissolving of humanity takes place and the revelation and illumination of divinity comes to mind because the resurrected Jesus spoke her name to her just like the resurrected Jesus spoke your name to you and then you heard and said, Rabbi. 
and you know everything else is malarkey. Everything else doesn't even matter. Because Jesus has called your name, and you just came into this new knowledge that there is really eternal life. Not, not a hope that's far off. Not on a wish list. Not a, gee, I hope this, that, whatever. But when he called your name inside, you knew. Hey, this stuff is real. There is a resurrection. Jesus called your name. And you responded by saying, Rabbi, which is also teacher or master. So Jesus said to me, after knocking, after, after I thought he was the gardener for multiple days, he called my name, David, you. And I said, Master. And he saved me. And that's exactly what he did to you. So even in the fill, I talk about that. You know, people have a specific time, specific prayer. Some people grow up and it morphs into it. That doesn't. Stop trying to humanize the divine in this context. This is something huge. Your name, listen to this, spoken by the resurrected Jesus. Get, get past this real quickly. Your name is not in the Bible. That shows you that Jesus is alive and well and still calling people. Wow. Come on. How's that? That's the greatest thing in Easter. It's just like, okay, all right, forget it. That's the best thing ever. Goodbye. Good night. You know, drop the mic. Well, that stuff. All right. Uh, which church received the first letter? Uh, Ephesus was the first church, chapter 2, verse 1 in Revelation. Keep that thought because you should know where another question is going to be heading along those lines. Yeah, just keep, keep, keep thinking that. You'll, you'll get it. Uh, we'll take our break here. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. A big portion of being guided is asking, prayer, when you're praying with people, 
fellowship amongst other people can lead you to guidance. It's happened on more than one occasion for me. Counsel is obviously very good, both spiritual and not necessarily biblical. Also, practical counsel is good. Circumstances often speak to us and give us guidance. Open doors or, for that fact, closed doors. We know his word gives us guidance. We know in 2 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14, Paul said that he used peace of mind as an aspect of guidance. These are all the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us is, of course, the number one element for guidance is to be led by the Spirit, right? These are all hugely important. The David Spoon Experience. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We love our station. It's a great station. We've got yeah, a great owner. I mean, Don is great, right? Jennifer's fantastic. How awesome is D? Come on. Come on, people. Come on. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, we got our trivia question. We're going to do that. Um, I have to just say that as brilliant and as good as Joanne and Cordelia are, I'm making fun of them because they answered the next question ahead of time. Ha ha. You, you don't get to get the pow pow on this one because uh, they went too far ahead. <laughs> so we'll do our trivia question. Ah, uh, ladies. <laughs> I love you guys so much. All right, here we go. Here's the trivia question. The next one. So we just did, we did, first of all, how many churches received the letters? Then how many specific chapters were used in the writing to the specific churches? How many there? And then in the third one, we said, what's the first church? And now this question is, which church received the last letter? The last letter of the seven churches. Okay? And if you need a little help in that, I'll just say... Uh, somewhere between uh, hot and cold. That's your hint, okay? Uh, if you think you know the answer to these to this trivia question, please reach out to us, which somebody is doing. That is uh, 972-445-0770. 
Then you uh, can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. We're going to send you up to the website, and then we'll take our caller. On the website, there's a couple things to remind you. Prayer and praise reports are on the website. Plus, there's all these. There's really a lot of cool things. I promise you there's some sneaky things I put in there that people don't know because I do that. And I told you, Dave, I was impressed how you did the Bible giveaway. You set that up, and I said, David, did you have somebody do that? You said you did it, and I was yeah, surprised. Yeah, I did, I did that, the, the, the contest one, which we're going to do again in May or sooner. So get ready because we, we're crazy. Okay. Just a little. <laughs> okay. We used to use this one. Uh, you're driving me crazy, and then it's like, nope, for you it's just a short putt. Okay, let's see if you guys can figure that out. Uh, in the meantime, also money on the website. That's kind of important because uh, we don't do the show without money. It's, there's nothing to it, nothing to say about it. It's just like, uh, okay, <laughs> we need money. Uh, please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Must be time to get our house in order. Say, I, I just have to say, Jennifer has outdone herself. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> and and that is, I'm I'm not gonna do the joke, but oh my goodness, there is this great joke that goes with that. And uh, next time I hear it, I'm gonna do the joke. People are gonna go, uh, I can't believe you did that. All right, somebody's ready to answer a trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, Dr. David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. A little sad about my dog. I don't think that Levi's going to, we're not, I don't think we'll be able to keep it going. So I think on Friday, we're probably going to have to put him down, which is super Aww. sad. Yeah. Noel is just, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun at our house. Uh, not really, but my okay. friend uh, <laughs> Susie just had that put her dog down recently. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, you know, you know how much you love them, and and you, but you also understand there's a time limit there. But man, that dog's been a super blessing for our family. Just super. It's just been, <laughs> been a, a true Levi, and no doubt because he's lived twelve years. He Levi twelve, one of the tribes. Uh, just perfect. Wow. So that's just a perfect thing for me. Uh, okay, here you go. Trivia question, uh, a la par excellence. Which church received the last letter in the book of Revelation? What was the church that received the last one? Laodicea. That is correct, Amundo! You are so right, and as many commentators note, so they had warm springs in there that was used for some kind of massage and spa area, and so Jesus is like, I wish you were hot or cold because this warm stuff not working. And, uh, and so that's, and then, then the, the word spit you out of your mouth, that's another way of everybody being nice. The real word is uh, regurg regurgitate. So that's what he says. It's not my fault. It's like David, I have a real quick question sure, comment. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I was taught that um, in the Bible where 
it says Easter in the original scriptures. It says Pascha, which means Passover. Yeah. So that tells me that Christians are supposed to celebrate Passover, and that the word Easter was translated from Ishtar, which is some kind of goddess of fertility or something. Yeah. Then- My question is, where else in the Bible does it say that we are to celebrate the third day, the resurrection day? Okay. So now what? The, this is where we went into, and I don't know if you heard it earlier. The Colossians two sixteen passage I made reference to, but th- let me make a couple of real quick comments. Number one, the word is Pesach is the word, and that's the Passover. So Pesach, oh, okay. <laughs> Passover is translated into Passover. Pesach is the Hebrew Passover. The Easter element uh, is not. It's not. I know people want to say it's connected to a pagan holiday, much like they say that Christmas is, because when people buy Christmas trees, they're 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 worshiping the Christmas tree when they put a present under the tree. It's like I've I've done certain amount of Christmases. I've never worshipped the Christmas tree. <laughs> I just think yeah, it's just, me neither. I mean, some of that's just like, uh, no, that no, that's not right. And so <laughs> people, and they do, they want to do, it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the bigger thing is the, the the change where it went to celebrate on Sunday comes much more from the the church history of Irenaeus and and from the or Tertullius and the different people that showed that the church moved the Sabbath over. And that's why Paul wrote in Colossians 2.16, hey, don't judge anybody in regards to a festival or a Sabbath day, either direction. In other words, don't judge them because they do it, and then don't judge them because they don't do it. So in other words, okay. there's, there's just no space in there. But the church moved into the process of the Lord's Day becoming the Resurrection Day because they were celebrating. It's more celebratory than anything else. And that's why there's not that. It's not so definitive. I do think Christians can and should and be be blessed to, to celebrate the Passover the way that it's Pesach related. But I, I don't have any problem with them celebrating the re- resurrection of Jesus Christ. And quite honestly, neither does God. God does. Oh, they're celebrating the resurrection. <laughs> Boo! You know, it's like that's it'd be, it'd be one thing to say he's mad because they're celebrating the Super Bowl. But it's another thing to say they're celebrating the resurrection and think that's a bad thing. It's like, nah, it's not bad. Come on, come on, okay, thank you so much. And thank you for the prayers also. You got it. And we will never stop praying for you. We love you. And I'm just blessed to hear you on the on the show. And I pray for everyone, too. I do. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. God God bless. bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. There we go. Uh, We're just rolling. Do we just roll? Is that what it is? Rock will roll. We'll have to do the history in the next segment. We'll have to skip the jokes. Although, there's, there's one really funny one. Okay, ready? What's red and smells like blue paint? What's red and smells like blue paint ready ready red paint okay <laughs> come on how is that not funny <laughs> what's red and smells like blue paint red paint <laughs> okay let me just go into the text <laughs> We'll just, we'll just move on from there. Uh, here's the rest of this text right here. So uh, I want you to get this. Uh, this is John, the Gospel of John, Chapter 10. If you want to turn there, uh, uh, Dynamite D is turning there. If you want to turn there, he's got an ESV version. So that means uh, sometimes I can refer to him and have him read it out. So that's pretty good. John, Chapter 10, verse 27 through 30. Listen to this. This is on the heels of what we just talked about. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. 
I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given me to them, given them to me, sorry, and is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So I just want to talk about this from a security point of view because security means safe. And if you read this passage in John 10, 27 through 30, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father has given them to me, and he's greater than all. No one will snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So there's a couple of ways you can approach this text, and they would all be accurate. But one of the best things I love about this is the reality that there is a great amount of safety in the Lord. You are safe. Remember what the one of the last things that, that, that Pastor Ray said on this show when I interviewed him is he goes, I'm sliding in safe. He's exactly correct. Safe. Because in Jesus you are safe. We're not even touching the doctrine of eternal security. You are just simply safe in the Lord. You see, it's, a, it's the gift of eternal and personal security. See, God is anti-insecurity because when you're insecure, you're not safe. Now, Proverbs 21, 31 states, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is from the Lord. You are safe. In the Lord. What's awesome about this that Jesus is communicating is the, the, the union between him and the Father. I and the Father are one. Okay? They, they, they wanted to kill him for statements like this. You understand that, right? Which, just, oh, Jesus never said he's God. He only said that about 89 times in the New Testament, but that's okay. We'll move on from there. Here's I and the Father are one. Okay, that's one, one. Okay, uh, he says, look, nobody's going to snatch you away from me. Nobody's going to take your faith from you. You abandoned your faith, you made your own decision, right? That's separate, that's where eternal security gets in, we get into. Here's what this is saying, nobody will steal your faith from you. I won't let anybody take you away from my hand. You see that, though? See that, that, that protection, that attitude that Jesus has, that attitude that he demonstrates the Father has towards you and I? Nobody will take you out of my hand. Nobody. The Father's greater than all. Nobody will take you out of my Father's hand. Nobody. Whoa. You mean I have safety in you, Lord? You call my name. I follow you, and there's safety in you. Yes, of course there's safety in the Lord. You don't live with God, connected to God, walking on eggshells. If you do, you don't understand the gospel. If your Christianity involves you stepping on eggshells, you don't get God. You're thinking of your dad or your dad's dad or some other authority figure that's just sitting out there with a stick or a switch ready to smack you because you did something wrong. Oh, you did something wrong. Look. Come on. I understand our parents did the best they can, but God is not weak 
like our parenting examples. Maybe I'll just say it that way. I'll just leave it there. That's a good idea. All right, we're going to take a break and come back for our last bit, and it's really good. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Isaiah chapter 63, verse 8 through 9 says this. He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed. So uh, I want to make sure you understand. We've talked about this before. You've heard some of my testimony. If you want to really get a better hand on my testimony, uh, I'll shamelessly plug the Broken for His Glory book, which contains the testimony, but you can get it for free if you do it through Kindle. And then it's like seven bucks or something. That's not very much. Uh, It's kind of a fascinating journey on becoming saved and then going through bad churches or a bad church and then coming back into good church. Right. That's not always easy to do. One of the big premises of the book and of my entire Christian journey is a passage like this, which says, he said, surely they are my people's sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. And in all their distress, he, too, was distressed. I think it's important for you and I to understand the level to which God has put himself or placed himself. He's not incomplete without us in the in the theological term that God can exist completely independently and doesn't need us, but he bears with us or connects to us in such a way that he feels with us. And so I think it's important for you and I to grasp that when Paul was on the road to Damascus and then uh, the Lord appears to him, right? And we've talked about this before, you know, knocks him, you know, knocks him uh, off his donkey and blinds him, okay? Now you just have to imagine you're on a donkey, Bamo, you're on the ground, okay? <laughs> okay? Not on a comfy table or a comfy chair or a comfy bed, on the ground and you're blind. <laughs> so this is a real wake up call. And then Jesus says to him, Saul, before he becomes Paul, you know, you know, why are you persecuting me? And what does Paul say, Saul say? He says, who are you? <laughs> right? Because this is like, you know, this is, you know, outer limits stuff right here. And then Jesus goes, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Ah, but the irony behind that is that Jesus made the identification with the church because Saul was persecuting the church. But Jesus goes, I'm the one you're persecuting. Now see see how he connects himself to the people. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. This is the last segment of the show. Man, that's another fast one, right? This one went by really fast. Really fast. I mean, really fast. We've got like 10 minutes left. We've got to get this going. All right. This is a challenging trivia question. Don't get upset. Okay, don't get upset. That's my nice way of saying don't get upset. 
How many churches of the seven churches, how many churches, you guys are going to probably go, I'm just going to guess. How many churches received no rebuke of the seven churches? There you go. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, 214-210-8483 or... Send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. Those are the three. In the meantime, I'm going to do the history because I do the history because I do do the history. Uh, I, I should say this. Maybe I should say this a little better. How many churches received no condemnation, no rebuke of the seven churches? Okay. There is an answer. All right. In the meantime, we'll do history. Let's do history. Let's go. Now, I know this is supposed to be important, but I just find it more irritating. Today is National Flash Drive Day. Interesting. <laughs> I, just don't, I mean, I, I like using them, but I don't think it should get its own day. Uh, it's National Bell Bottoms Day, which only those who grew up in junior high and high school in the 70s can completely appreciate and go, yeah. And then when people bring back bell bottoms, they're like, when it's retro, it's like, not for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Today is Deep Dish Pizza Day. Woo-hoo. Gotta stay away from it, Dave. That's good. Keep the fight. I keep, I'm, I'm doing really good. I'm doing really that good. That sounds really good, too. Uh, yeah. So it could be a bad weekend. Anyway, <laughs> and then <laughs> it's uh, it's also Go For Broke Day. Not Go Broke. It's Go For Broke, which is a nice way of saying go for it. Kind of that's, that's every day. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, 1621 on this day, Mayflower set sail for the Plymouth. For Plymouth, from Plymouth on a return trip to Great Britain, uh, 1792, first presidential veto, George Washington vetoes an, uh, an, appro- uh, an apportionment, an apportionment, yeah, an apportionment bill. I have no idea. I don't think I've heard of that before. Uh, for the members of the House. Uh, he, he said no to something. That's really what it means. Pretty much. Okay. And then I'm going to say this, and most people won't appreciate it because I don't care because this is how my life exists. But in 1978, The Amazing Spider-Man debuted on CBS. And see, I got saved through comic books, so I, I, you know, that's how the Lord Tommy rotten right and wrong. It's like I like it. <laughs> I don't like what they've done lately. I just like what it used to be. It used to be very simple, good and evil. You know, good versus evil. Now it's something altogether different. Uh, how many churches received no actual condemnation or rebuke? Doesn't mean they weren't encouraged or challenged. But what no, like, uh, bad boy, bad boy. How many churches? If you think you know the answer out of the book of Revelation, the seven churches, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at org. We are on the last portion of our Easter service, I, I, our Easter show, not Easter service. And uh, I will remind you that there is a minor possibility that Friday will turn out to be a replay. I will let you know tomorrow as Noel and I talk and pray about it tonight. Okay, three things, and I want you to recognize this. Okay, ready? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. All right? Ephesians 6, 15. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I'm sorry? 
What is that? It is the gospel of peace. What is that? It is the gospel of peace. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That defines the kind of peace that Jesus gives us, and this is a gospel of peace. What kind of peace is it that Jesus gives us? A peace that says your hearts don't have to be troubled, point A, and that you don't have to be afraid, point B. Now watch this, and then we'll get the caller. Can they hang on just a little bit? Okay. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A prince has authority. Jesus has the authority of peace. Two manifestations of that peace have to do with your hearts not being troubled and not being afraid. Those are two very powerful elements of life. You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be afraid. The gospel of peace, referred to in 6.15, Ephesians 6.15, is the gospel of peace between God and men through Jesus Christ. I love Christmas, but it's wrong to say there will be peace from man unto man because that's not what the text says. It says peace between God and men, so it's entirely different, and they're wrong for trying to say you know, peace amongst men. It's like great, except that's not what it says. I appreciate that everybody wants to make money by creating different manger things and preaching different messages that sound great, and the lion lays down with the lamb. Hey, that's Elvis Presley. The lion doesn't lay down with the lamb. The wolf lays down with the lamb. It's great. Let's just keep it on track. Jesus is the prince of peace. The peace is the the part of that peace that Jesus leaves you, leaves you specifically and gives to you specifically is not for your heart to be troubled. Don't be troubled in your heart. And don't be afraid. Those are two parts of it. The main part of the peace that comes from Jesus is the peace between you and God. Hey, guess what? In Jesus Christ, you have peace with God the Father. You know what? That's good. That's that's the gospel of peace right there. All right, somebody's ready to answer a trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock, this is David. Who am I talking to? David, this is Don. Hi, How Don. Are you? How you doing, brother? Well, I am going, I thought, you know, I'm not going to even research this. The first thing that came up to my mind, and so now I may miss it, but I don't care. I, you know, you know, I'm trying, I normally, that's how I answer your question. It's the instant you see the question, I have to know it. Okay. Fire away. One. How many? One. You are half right. Half right. (laughs) The answer is two out of the seven churches. How many churches received no rebuke? Smyrna and Philadelphia. In what? Well, I knew Philadelphia was, but I wasn't sure about Smyrna, so I thought, well, I better go say. Yeah, and then you know what? It's great that you knew that there was one because some people don't even know there's one. And here's the thing. I'm one of the churches. I mean, when the Lord is talking to him, it's like, okay, here's the deal. Uh, just just survive. 
he doesn't say it that way, but it is kind of <laughs> like that where he goes, all right, just hold on. Just just hang in there. Don't go nowhere. I mean, it's like because their, their trouble was going to end soon. But sometimes when you're going through it and it's just everything's up against the wall, it's just quite simply this. It's like just hang in there. Just keep the faith. Don't move. Just stay right. stay diligent. And that's all they <laughs> oh. had to do. And so the answer is two. So you are there, and you get credit for being that close. I want to point that out to you. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love Revelation. Uh, it's a great, great book. When I teach it, people are they're just going to – you're just going to hear a different point of view. But that's okay. That's part of the fun. That's okay. That will be a lot of I fun think- for a lot of people. You know, I think every time I hear it, I hear a different opinion. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) What a great statement that is. Excellent. There you go. All right, brother. We love you. All right, brother. You have a wonderful Easter. I am making cookies for my Sunday school class, and uh, it's going to be good. God bless you, bro. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, we'll close with this. Great job by Don, Brother Don. Uh, This is Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is, my friends, brothers and sisters, a gospel of peace. You have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22 and a half hour break, then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.